Yes, sir. Here we are. It's a gloomy, overcast, kind of rainy-looking day outside here in Norman, America. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is doing well. And uh, let's start today's show, Parker Thune, by nerding out. Do you want to nerd out? Nerding out? Yes, nerding out. Oh, boy. Out. What does this look like? May the 4th be with you. Now, I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd, but I thought what we could do, just for a little experiment, to start the show today... For all the Star Wars people out there, and I'm not saying I'm anti-Star Wars, I'm not, but in fact, I just bought the uh, Star Wars Fortnite skin set again a couple days ago. But I was thinking, at least to start, before we get into serious journalism, Star Wars characters as Sooners. Uh, I just think it's hilarious that you're out here buying Star Wars Fortnite skins. The youngins spend their money on NFTs these days. Mm. Experienced folk like Steely, they make more solid long-term investments, more stable long-term investments into Star Wars Fortnite skins. Well, they had Anakin for the first time. Padme was in there, and I'm a big Natalie Portman fan, and some new Stormtroopers. So I had to, you know, I had to spend some money. All right, the Yoda of Sooner Star Wars, of course, is Barry, by God, Switzer. Really? Barry seems too fiery to be Yoda. Unless unless you want to go back to Bud Wilkinson. I, I'm talking about, well, I guess Howard Schnellenberger is no longer with us. There's no doubt who Anakin Vader is. Milshu. You were supposed to be the chosen one. You know? And he went to the dark side. Muleshoe, also later in life, will be Darcidious as well, I believe. But I put Howard Schnellenberger in there. So what do you think? Switzer or Bud Wilkinson for Yoda? I mean, if Barry Switzer created the monster, maybe he's the original Jedi, though, would be... I said uh, Bud created the monster. Barry Switzer followed, so Mary, maybe Barry Switzer would be Obi-Wan. And Bud Wilkinson should be Yoda. No, Obi-Wan is definitely Bob Stoops. Because you think about I've it. I've got Bob Stoops' Obi-Wan right here. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Because we all know who Luke Skywalker is at this point, right? Brent Venables. And who is he seeking counsel from? That's right. Luke Skywalker. What does that say? Brent? Question it, well, it mark. It says Brent yes. question mark. I'm not sure well, why there's a question mark. I'm just, uh, you know. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. I've never watched... The first episode of the sequel trilogy. That's the only... I've watched five of the six Star Wars movies. I've never seen the very first chronologically. It's very simple. Everybody was not happy with Jar Jar Binks. So who is Jar Jar Binks? He's a player. Not happy with him? I d- not up to par as a Star Wars okay, character. Okay, so got to be Dylan Gabriel, Dylan right? Gabriel, yes. Jar Jar Binks. Princess Leia. I'm trying to decide if Patty Gasso is Padme the Queen or Princess Leia. Because if Patty is not Princess Leia, then she's Queen Padme. And Barry Switzer's the king, and Patty's the queen, so she's got to be Padme, right? And that means that K.J. Kindler is Princess Leia. Right? Sooner Gundy on the text line says... Schnellenberger is Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Who's Chewbacca? 
Uh, who's th- uh, C3PL? Who's R2D2? I put Kyler Murray as I- R2D2. Okay. Gosh. You didn't prepare me enough for this. I'm kind of I'm kind of having to noodle on this on the fly. Needed more time to prepare my answers. <laughs> Frisco Sooner says, nerds, nerds, nerds. Yes, we are nerding out, no doubt. But so again, Somebody said Buki for Jar Jar. No, Buki's one of the Ewoks. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. But I think clearly that the ones that are definite is you have Mule Shoe is Anakin slash Vader. He was the chosen one. He went to the dark side. 708. <laughs> Brilliant text. Oh, my god! No, I will not read it because it will yes! end up all over message boards. Brian but. in Tulsa. That's one I forgot, and I have it right here. Han Solo is definitely Baker Mayfield. Han Solo, you know, has an attitude, kind of a rebel. That's Baker Mayfield. They're saying Jackson Arnold for Luke Skywalker, but I still I still think Brent is Skywalker right Brilliant now. text from Shannon Newcastle. OU compliance is C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> Java the Hunt, Mark Mangino. Oh, my gosh. I was going to go there, but that felt wrong. <laughs> Miguel Chavis is Chewbacca. That's pretty good. There's another one for Mangino is Java the Hutt. So, come on. We like Mark Mangino. With as much as everyone hated Jar Jar, it has to be Mike White, right? Says a listener but, in 918. But these are all Sooners. Yes, that's a good call. But I put Dylan Gabriel, unfortunately, as Jar Jar Binks. And I looked at it as like, Jar Jar Binks, didn't, he doesn't measure up as a Star Wars character. Jar Jar, come on. And, you know, I think that a lot of Sooner fans, some Sooner fans say that he doesn't measure up as a Sooner quarterback. So I put... Dylan Gabriel is Jar Jar Banks. Caleb Williams is Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I like that. Baker is the Mandalorian. Kyler is Yoda. See, I see Yoda as the forefather, and it's either to me, it's either Bud or Barry. The question is, uh, maybe Switzer is Obi Wan, but it could be. But I, I like Bob Stoops in that role. Obi-Wan Stoopsy. You know what that means, though. What does that mean? Is that ultimately Mule Shoe defeats him in the lightsaber duel. Oh, well, no. He can't Mule Shoe. No, that's true. That is true. Jalen Hurts is Boba Fett, a hired gun. (laughs) Clark Stroud is Jar Jar. (laughs) Uh, Who's a big hanger on uh, in Star Wars? R2-D2 follows C-3PO. Maybe he should be R2-D2 because doesn't R2-D2 just follow C-3PO everywhere pretty much? Does R2-D2 follow C-3PO or is it vice versa? Because usually isn't it R2-D2 off spelunking and C-3PO is trying to catch up with his metal limbs? Well, that's true. That's probably right. Who is Captain Kirk? All right, so there you go. Uh, help us out. I, I do think that the most perfectly cast has to be Mule Shoe as Anakin Vader because that's the story right there. Started out, you know, Jedi fighting for good, went evil, turned to the dark side. Turned to the dark side. Billy Sims is Lando Calrissian. That one's too deep for me. That one's way too deep. Does he yell boomer a lot in the, uh, in the episodes that I've missed? Brian in Tulsa said Ray is Coach Jenny. <laughs> 
Okay. Oh, man. Victoria says Jar Jar Binks is Danny Stutzman. Nah, who, is there just like a completely off-the-rails character in Star Wars in terms of their personality? Um, a little it's been bit too but, long since but I watched Danny Stutzman's not annoying, you know. Dan, Clark Stroud is Darth Maul. Hmm. No, he's not important enough to be Darth Maul. Darth Maul was a badass. Clark Stroud is not. Clark Stroud was singing in his vehicle. Darth Maul wouldn't dare. And did he ever make it all the way through the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? I think not. No, only the true Jedis can do that, particularly in the wrong key. All right, uh, so that's going to be an award-winning first segment right there. But uh, to me, the biggest question is, who is Yoda? Is it Barry Switzer or is it Bud Wilkinson? Now, it depends on when you were raised. You know, the Bud vote, there aren't many of those left right now. <laughs> you know what I'm said, Mule Shoe is that weird alien woman thing at the cantina. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. How you doing? Appreciate you guys sponsoring our first hour each and every day. 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Any heating and air needs you need addressed and you need a professional outfit, come take care of it. It's Lasher Home Comfort Systems. 405-579-3113. Joe C. is here. Yeah, see, where does Joe C. fit in? Joe C.'s got to fit in somewhere. Josie is the force. Okay, there you go. That's that's a good one. This is the perfect cherry on top right here. Clark Stroud is the little rodent connected to Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah, I, Josie can be the force. He's been a force for 25 years now. The uh, force with a fedora. That's what Josie's all about. Okay, um, 405-651. 3439 on the or Chevrolet uh, text line today. So Affectionately known as the NIP. That's right. That's right. Want to welcome a new sponsor today, Dr. Bellardo, Dr. B, man. He is a vision correcting machine up there at the Advanced Laser Center, Advanced Laser Center and Cataract Center uh, up in Oklahoma City. So if you want to really do away with reading glasses and you can see smaller prints, if you're my age, you're you're in trouble already if you haven't seen him. But if you're over 40 and you're either farsighted or nearsighted, you need to call up my guy, Dr. Bellardo. I've known him for years, totally trust him. Uh, first surgery I had there, the, uh, the initial surgery I went in for, uh, I did set a new record for Valium. I don't know if it still holds, but uh, the surgery went great. Uh, vision correction was unbelievable. You can check him out and uh, the great people there. For lens replacement, cataract surgery. They're the experts at Advanced Laser Center and Cataract Center. Dr. Bellardo has been in business for a long time with a great track record. Dr. B is the man. He and his team have been the leaders in vision correction for over 20 years now. Call today, 405-755-7700. You get a free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can just go to ALCOK.com. Like they always say, if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. B is the man. 
really cool office, very relaxing environment. They do a great job. And your vision is very important. Very, that it very is. important. Yes, it is. So welcome, Dr. B. It's good to have you and uh, the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center with us here on The Ref. All right, break time. Let's go to your texts. We're going to talk about transfer portal stuff. There is a lot of stuff happening right now. A lot of stuff happening. All right. Stay with us. We'll fill you in next right here on The Ref. Toplitsky kicks it away to Tyson. And he's got space. Jordan Tyson finds a seam. There goes the freshman. It's been an amazing night for number four. And it continues. Touchdown, Buffs. Run, Jordan, run. There you go. Jordan Tyson, last season. Return touchdown against Arizona State. And now the crystal ball is out. All the predictions are out. And uh, is this a done deal? More or less, Delia, to be honest. that <laughs> One of the unfortunate aspects of the Rivals.com interface right now is that I can't actually enter Transfer Portal future casts. But, yes, Oklahoma is – squarely in the lead right now for Jordan Tyson. And now the bigger question is, can they reel his brother in along with him? Based on what I've heard over the last 12 to 24 hours, my guess is no. They go one for two with the Tyson bros. But you add Jordan to the room at the wide receiver position at Oklahoma, that's a big-time get because you saw what an impact he had on special teams last week or not last week, but last fall for Colorado. You heard it on that call of the punt return. And obviously, in an abbreviated freshman campaign, he was as impactful as anybody on the offensive side of the football for an abysmal 1-11 Colorado team. All right, uh, so Portal News, what's up with uh, Trey Amos, the uh, cornerback from Louisiana Lafayette? Uh, he has a very impressive offer list. But do the Sooners have a shot there? They have a shot, yes. Do they have the same type of shot that they do with Jordan Tyson? No. As of right now, uh, Jordan Tyson looks like the guy that in the immediate future Oklahoma is most poised to land. They're in the market for an additional linebacker. They're in the market for an additional defensive back. They've made other offers at those positions, and it's not just Trey Amos at defensive back, and it's not just Connor Neer at linebacker, but those are the two guys that they seem to have prioritized those positions. In the here and now, though, it's all about closing out Jordan Tyson, and that's going to be what the Sooner staff aims to do over the next couple of days. All right, uh, wide receiver room getting pretty crowded. Is there any chance anybody else leaves in the portal? I know the window is closed, but sometimes you see, you know, the paperwork takes some time or whatever. Would you be surprised to see any sooner receiver? And I know there's, you know, question about what's going to happen with Keon Brown. Is he going to be eligible? That's uh, that's still floating out there. What do you think's going on? Is there room in the wide receiver room, and what do you think could happen? We talked about it yesterday. I think the approach these days that you have to take at wide receiver is there are certain positions where it behooves you to have a hierarchy, right? The well-established older guys 
and the next generation coming up underneath him. You're seeing this right now in the Oklahoma safety room, for instance. You have Billy Bowman and you have Reggie Pearson. And then you have Key Lawrence, who's played quite a bit of ball as well. But behind them, you've got Peyton Bowen and you've got Robert Spears Jennings kind of biding their time. And so there wasn't really a need to have any additional critical mass at that position with Damon Harmon and Jamari and Burt. And so the Sooner staff was more than willing to let those two guys go their own way. But I think wide receiver is one of those positions where it, you're well served just to live with the reality that you're going to lose a few guys to the portal every single year, and you just need to stockpile as much talent as possible. All right, what are the chances, again, that uh, Jordan Tyson hasn't happened officially yet, but it looks really good for Oklahoma right now. How much do you think Tyson and Brennan Thompson uh, could play immediately? And uh, you also talked about Brennan Thompson's a guy, obviously, with world-class speed that can return as well. A guy you want to get the the ball to in space, you would think, because of that blazing speed. But uh, when you look at what's going on with the OU receiving situation, Jalil Farouk is the one. Drake Stoops is is the other guy. Uh, not that they don't have some talent. Nick Anderson could be a big time player, but he's been injured mm-hmm. way too frequently. So, and we don't know. I think Jalil Farouk's really good. We don't know that he's going to be a star one receiver. Uh, you know, he's he's good. But can he be, you know, anywhere in the same zip code as like a C.D. Lamb well, or somebody like that, right? Yeah, and to me, and I, I hope I'm dead wrong on this, right? But to me, Jalil Farouk seems like your prototypical number two wide receiver. He seems like the type of guy who is most suited to a role opposite somebody else that is, you know... You think about the dynamic between him and Marvin Mims, for instance, right. this past yeah. season. That's where Jalil Farouk has the chance to make the most impact, I think. Now, the question is, who becomes the lead wideout in this Oklahoma offense if you're comfortable with Farouk being that number two guy? And I'm not saying Farouk can't be a number one guy. I just think his best football is going to be when he's got somebody opposite him that is a true stud. Yeah, and that's I, very much a gigantic question mark because nobody has emerged if you're looking at Farouk as a two. And I, I kind of agree with you in his style of play. It suits him better. I agree. But that means you've got to have a really good option at number one. And right now there's nobody that's a good option yeah, at number and one. I, I'm very intrigued by the potential addition of Jordan Tyson just because I'm not really sure what you're going to get in a guy like that. I think the ceiling is very, very high, and the floor is similarly low. He may be a guy that gets completely lost in the shuffle, or he may prove to be starter caliber at Oklahoma. It's really hard to judge what you're going to get out of a player like that when you uproot him from a situation like Colorado where they really didn't have any other playmakers, and so he was thrust into that role almost by necessity, and then you insert him into an offense that is rife with playmakers all across the board as it is. So I don't know what you get out of Jordan Tyson if he's a Sooner this fall. I really don't. He, to me, kind of becomes the X factor in the receiver room where if he's really good, boy, that's going to bring up your offense's bottom line. But there's an equal chance that he's just another name amongst that group. It's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. And, uh, of course, the Sooners recently got uh, Brennan Thompson through the portal, so it's going to be uh, very 
interesting. Derek says on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, Jalil Farouk is John Taylor to Jerry Rice. And I love that. That's pretty good. That That's really good. John Taylor uh, did catch the winning uh, pass in that Super Bowl against the Bengals, though. That was John Taylor. It was. Now, I think Derek hits the nail on the head with regard to Farouk because he is a very solid all-around receiver, very well-rounded in terms of his overall game. He's a good player, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Very above-average player. But I don't know if he has the physical tools to be elite the way you want your number one wide receiver to be. I don't know that he will ever rival the production that Marvin Mims had this past year, for instance. All right, 405-651-3439. Jaquez Petaway coming in and uh, with the class, of course, in the fall. So uh, he's got a lot of speed, highly recruited. So they're going to have options there, but it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out and, um, you know, who are going to be the guys that will be making the plays. And, you know, everybody was talking about Gavin Freeman had an unbelievable spring too, right? Gavin Freeman's a name we need to throw out there a little bit more, I think, certainly. Gavin and, Freeman will have a much heftier role at Oklahoma in 2023 than he did in 2022. And for a walk-on true freshman, he played a whole heck of a lot in 2022. No doubt. No doubt about it. They got him the ball on jet sweeps and end of rounds. He actually had more carries than he did catches. But I, I, I think with what Gavin Freeman brings to the table in terms of the variegated roles that you can utilize him within an offense, that's somebody that is going to be a very crucial addition. Well, not addition, but a very crucial cog in the machine for Oklahoma in 2023. All right. Once again, uh, good to have you with us on this Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Tomorrow we'll be back out at Riverwind Casino where we are every Friday. And don't forget, they've got that big promotion happening at Riverwind coming up tomorrow. Big time hot seat drawings are happening tomorrow nights at the metro area's best and most favored casino, the one and only Riverwind. Tomorrow night, they'll have random hot seat drawings in the 15K Festive Friday promotion happening from 7 to 11.30 p.m. Winners are going to get $400 in cash when they hear their name called, $400 in cash each. And then they'll have three grand prize winners that will be drawn out to receive $1,000 in cash each, plus any unclaimed cash from the preliminary drawings, again, which are happening from 7 to 11.30. So the 15K Festive Friday promotion, hot seat drawings tomorrow night at Riverwind beginning at 7 o'clock, 7 to 11.30. That's, uh, prelimi- that's the preliminary rounds. I cannot speak today. How do they allow me to do radio? But that's happening, again, 7 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. And, again, if you hear your name called, you got your wild card and everything. You're there. You can hear your name called. You're going $400 in cash. And then in the uh, grand prize round, which starts just before midnight, three grand prize winners will be selected, and they'll be drawn out to receive $1,000 in cash each. And it could be more. Any unclaimed cash from the preliminary rounds also goes to those grand prize winners. Another great promotion, another great Friday night happening at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Break time when we get back. Somebody thinks Dylan Gabriel's going to have a really good season. We'll uh, tell you who that is and hear the audio when we get back here on The Ref.
I'm buying stock and going to deal. I bought stock last year. I think I got pretty decent return on it. I'm buying even more stock on Dylan Gabriel in 2023 for a couple of reasons. And the first one being, he's going to be more comfortable in 2023 given another season under Jeff Levy. Now, for those of y'all keeping track at home, this will be his third year with Jeff Levy. It'll be his fourth year in Jeff Levy's offense because they ran it another year at UCF after Jeff Levy left UCF. And why is this so important? I cannot express to you how crucial it is that your quarterback and your offensive coordinator be on the same page. It's like thinking with both sides of your brain when they're on the same page. You're able to know what your quarterback likes, what he doesn't like. Hey, we go up tempo. I know to call these plays for you because that's your skill set and that's what we talked about during our meetings and that's what I know you like given our history together. Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel have a lot of history, and that's going to pay enormous dividends in 2023. J.D. Piquel on three. What do you think, Parker Thune? Is Dylan Gabriel's stock a good investment for the fall of uh, 2023? I don't know why it wouldn't be, Steely. And look, if you're expecting Dylan Gabriel to be a Heisman Trophy contender, okay, and I feel like we need to define our terms here because people hear J.D. Piquel say, I'm buying Dylan Gabriel stock, and that will mean so many different things in so many different minds. What it means is that he believes Dylan Gabriel is going to be decidedly an upper echelon quarterback in college football in 2023. And he was decidedly an upper echelon quarterback in college football in 2022. Statistically, by every measure... Dylan Gabriel was one of the top quarterbacks in the country, not to the level that he would have made some serious noise for New York City, even if he had played all 12 regular season games, but definitely somebody that would, were he to get back those six quarters that he'd missed, he would have been squarely in the conversation for first team all Big 12. Here's another take from J.D. Piquel, and and I like this one, and Sooner fans have to hope this is the case, and I think a lot of Oklahoma fans, after what they saw in the spring and they saw the reinforcements uh, arrive at the portal and some of those guys make a lot of plays in the spring game, and then they saw you know a kid like Peyton Bowen, the five-star safety out of Denton, come in and make some huge plays and show he can provide an immediate impact as well. They've got to get excited about the other side of the football, and J.D. Piquel thinks that's another reason why Dylan Gabriel will be better this year. I think the defense is going to be much better. You say, J.D., you're telling me you're buying stock in Dylan Gabriel. Why are you talking about the defense? Defense has got its own problems. I want to hear you talk about Dylan Gabriel. I understand that. I'm going to here in just a second. But the defense a season ago, y'all, it allowed 30 points a game. 30 points a game. You know how hard it is to call an offense when your defense gives up 30 points a game? You are just consistently in chase mode. Coach, they're going to score 30-plus. we got to find a way to score 30-plus. Otherwise, we're not winning this football game. That's a tough situation to be in Saturday and Saturday out. And so if the defense ends up improving, like you and I both believe they will, I say you and I, those of y'all that are in Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, and feel good about the direction of Brent Venables and his personnel, feel like they're going to improve, that puts much less pressure on the offense. It puts much less pressure on Dylan Gabriel and this offense to have to press. Because when you're not able to just sit back and play your game because you're worried about what the defense is going to do, 
it throws you off. It throws you off your rhythm. There you go. And uh, I think most Suter fans think, oh, you will be better defensively. It's hard to be much worse, right, than they were a year ago. Uh, you just expect more from the University of Oklahoma. And I know Brent's in his first year. What we saw was that roster was a lot more torn down and scarred than we thought it was, particularly on defense. And we knew it was already a messy situation, but, I mean, it was, a, it was catastrophic in some ways. Consider for a moment how many points Oklahoma gave up in the games that they lost. You have one outlier – and that was the monsoon up in Morgantown in which the Sooners lost a 23-20 to game. Beyond that, the Sooners gave up 41 to Kansas State. They gave up 55 to TCU. They gave up 49 to Texas. Gave up 38 to Baylor. Gave up 51 to Texas Tech and gave up 35 to Florida State. Yeah, You're yeah. not going to win football games giving up that many points. Right. At least not unless you have – a borderline superhuman playing quarterback. It worked for Muleshoe, right? It because did work they for had lead quarterback play that a stretch of quarterback play that may never be seen in Oklahoma football again. You know, when you talk about what happened. And again, you just think about the standard of OU quarterback play. Uh, ever since Jason White won that Heisman trophy. And again, the stretch from Baker to Kyler to Jalen Hurts. Spencer Rattler was a five star. But yeah, uh, you know, Muleshoe was going to outscore you, try and outscore you with better athletes. And uh, a lot of times that worked. You play a little defense and you make a few stops here and there. What was Alex Grinch always talking about? Takeaways. And every defensive coordinator does. But they were, he never said, we just got to shut people down. You're not going to do that in this day and, age, mm-hmm. day and age in college football because of the amount of snaps and how much you have to defend more of the field than you ever have back, back in the day. Uh, it's just different. But, you know, that formula was not going to work in the SEC. And we saw, you know, the Georgia game. Yes, they could have won that. But you remember the Alabama game when Quinnen Williams nearly decapitated Kyler Murray in that game? And, um, you know, defense is still very important. Who's been the best team in the country the past couple of years? Georgia. How have they done it mainly? Offense has been all right, but defense has been unbelievable. I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure Robert Barnes is still buried somewhere under Hard Rock Stadium from that <laughs> stiff arm he took from Josh Jacobs. It wasn't even a stiff arm. It was a truck stick type of move. Uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and it kind of tie a bow on the Gabriel conversation, I would be very surprised if he's in the Heisman conversation this fall, but I would not be surprised, nor should anybody, if he is all Big 12 at the quarterback position. And if he is all Big 12, the Sooners ought to win a lot of football games. And if they don't, it's not going to be Dylan Gabriel's fault. You are a little more sold on him than I am. I think that you always have been. And I'm not saying, I'm not with the people that say, Dylan Gabriel sucks or whatever. You know, there's so much that goes into it. And, but he's got to be more accurate. There's no doubt he's got to be more accurate. And we've, you know, it's the old cliche, look, Tom Brady's misses throws. The great quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers misses throws. We get that. But to me, he missed too many of them. Um, And I do think he probably was pressing a little bit and felt a little pressure because they probably did feel like they had to score uh, just about every time they touched the football. That was, that was an expectation certainly during the Muleshoe era, but they were able to do it because they had not just good quarterback play, they had superstar quarterback play. To the nip we go from the 918. You know, I think a reason DG came to OU was he knew he wasn't Caleb Williams, 
but he also thought he was going to be quarterback for a Brent Venables defense. So far, DG is what we thought he was, a decent college QB. The defense has not lived up to its billing. I like that take. I think that's pretty pretty accurate. A little Dennis think? Green in there. Mm-hmm. He is who we thought he was. They are who we thought they were. We let him off the hook. Now, if you want to crown him, go ahead and crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. From the 310, please acknowledge the passing, i.e. demolition, of Adam's center. A tragedy. That, man, I look... I'm old. I was born in 63, and it's been there, what, 1964? I think it's been around since 1964. Yeah, I'll say this. So all my memories, it's been there <laughs> forever and ever, amen. Yeah, well, it's not a, not about to be there anymore. And I, I will say this much. If there's a building on that campus that needed to get knocked down, mm-hmm. it's Adams Center. That said, plenty of memories from within those walls will die with the demolition of Adams. Name the four towers. Can you name the four towers? No. I never lived in the towers. Really? No. Where'd you live? I was in the fraternity house. I was one of those frat boys. You didn't have to live a year on campus? Oh, no. Wow. You really are old. VIP status. Johnson, Tarman, McCasland, Mm -hmm. and Muldrow. Have they always... Baker Mayfield lived in Muldrow 610. Has that been... Has that been their names the whole time? Yep. Those have been... I, I had no idea. Those are the four towers within Adams Center. Because, you See, know, Couch I and wasn't Walker. living with the commoners, sir. I was living with royalty. That's where the commoners were. Willa Baker wasn't a commoner. So. From the 214, hashtag Spike was safe. Yes, never forget, John Spikerman <laughs> was safe at first. <laughs> That's still out there. I like it. On a Sunday afternoon in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. John Spikerman was safe at first. So and Oklahoma should have been playing for a national title on Monday. What uh, what are they putting there, by the way? I I believe they're building new towers. They're just, just towers. demolishing okay. the old ones one Can by we, one. Uh, come on, we need another football facility over there. All right? Let's create another thing for sports. Academics are not fun, okay? Let's create something sports-related. Let's... Why don't we just build, well, Love's Field's already construction and under construction. But an indoor park for Patty as well, right there. Dome it. Love's Field, and then we'll have an indoor dome for Patty and the softball team. I can dig it. Because they dominate. All right, we got a break right here. A lot of stuff happening on the the, uh, text line, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. My brain has not been working today. It has been working all day. Is that just an old thing? I don't know. But I feel like, again, I'm on dial-up internet, and I just got another AOL CD in the mail. Stay with us. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Hey, man, it is coming down out there. A lot of rain here in the Norman area. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. Thanks again to uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113, for sponsoring our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. By the way, T.J. Eckert's going to join us on the Riverwind Hotline 
during the second hour, 135. And he's going to also tell us about that uh, golf course rumble. Did you see the video of that in I, Tulsa? I saw part of the video. I think I had a call come in halfway through, and I never saw the uh, the second half of the video. TJ's going to give us the inside story. Is, the uh, is golf course rumble there? I think it was in Owasso, wasn't it? It was like, good Lord. Did uh, TJ and Plank get past their beef? Yes. Oh, yes. The hatchet was buried. I, I don't even know if there was a hatchet, but it, if there was, it's it's been completely buried. That's Way good to hear. All right. Let's get to the text line, 405-651-3439. Santa John says, only upperclassmen and really smart freshmen lived in the towers. Really? You know, it's interesting, Steely. You say you never lived in the towers. I'm pretty sure my dad lived in the towers all four years he was at OU. Well, here's what's weird. I was a dummy who never studied in high school. Really? I was a dumb, you know, smart aleck jock that made like a 2.5 just to get by. What, do we have a test tomorrow? Okay, I guess I can study for that. Wait a minute. Is there somebody available to help me with this? You know, that kind of deal. So I had to spend a semester at JC. My mom said, uh, you know, that you need to go to learn how to study first. I was like, what? No. I, really? And but it, I guess it worked. So maybe that's why. But this is where you tell an abbreviated version of the closed out of buns story. <laughs> that happened in high school. <laughs> exactly. But yes, that's exactly underscoring that reality. That's, that's exactly the kind of young man I was. Not very impressive. Uh, somebody on the four hundred five uh, in the four hundred five said, "Get rid of Reeves Park and use that site." It's interesting. I drove past Reeves Park the other day. They have really done a facelift on some of those fields. Have they really? It's a pretty nice complex now. Hmm. So somebody said, "How about a basketball arena?" That's right. You know what? Academics screw academics. Okay, we don't need buildings to house students. This is semi-pro sports now anyway, all right? This is about the almighty dollar. Forget the academic reputation of the university. Forget that all those national merit scholars, the most per capita that David Bourne told us about forever and ever. You know, that's the one thing that I always knew. Man, we've got more, besides Heisman, more national merit scholars than any other school per capita. That was a big bragging point, not... But this is semi-pro sports, okay? NIL, transfer portal, lots of money being exchanged, buildings being built. You don't need any stinking academics. Let the students live in Noble or something and commute, okay? Let's build a brand-new, shiny sports complex, more football facilities, how about a more statues on that side of the road? Nothing but statues, like the Romans used to have, just statues everywhere. All right, we've already got them in Heisman Park. All the all that's All American Park. Every All American has a statue over there across from the stadium. Student housing. This isn't about academics, people. It's semi-pro sports now, right? From the 405. <laughs> no, Barker turns and goes to the text line immediately. I just say, I, I don't know what to say in response to that. From the 405. Lived in Kate Center. 
That dump had no HVAC and almost burned down when we were there. I don't believe Kate Center has been occupied by students since 2018. And I'm pretty sure it's just sitting there now. Just sitting there empty. Those buildings have been around forever. So, did you visit Stubman Village much? I, I, Stubman Village. In its heyday. Wasn't that like the little strip? Yes. In its heyday with Mr. Bills and what they had in there. Oh, it was legendary back in the day. You Are you aware I had of what no Mr. Idea. Bills was? I had no idea that that particular area of campus would ever have been categorized as legendary. When I when I was like ever since I have known Stubman Village, it's just been the mm-hmm. place that the drunk Greek folk go to get Papa John's. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Bills was a uh, was a stop back in the day, big time. What? So what was Mr. Bills? It was just uh, it was a restaurant, but it was mainly a watering hole, and it was it was great. Steely, I've got two kids there. It better be partly academic. Ooh, LaDonna from Lubbock also said she's paying out-of-state and aviation fees. R.I.P. to your wallet, man. Out-of-state and aviation fees, that is a lot of money. Let's call it what it is. This is pro sports, all right? OU is a AAA affiliate of the National Football League pretty much these days. Uh, Not last year's team. They were AA. But... You know, I'm just messing around. So, good. Good for OU. They need uh, they need some new housing. All right. Got to get out of here for hour number one. We do have T.J. Ackert coming up. Hour number two on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Keep those texts rolling in. 405-651-3439. Pinocchios. Ah, yeah. No doubt people are singing the praises of Mr. Bills as well. Stubman Village was a spot back in the day. Now it's an ancient relic. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Hour number two. Man, we are taking a trip down memory lane right here. That's what we're doing. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651. 3439. That's 405-651-3439. I can see clearly now the rain is gone and the blurry letters. Thanks to Dr. Bellardo. Welcome to the ref, Dr. B. If you want to eliminate reading glasses, if you're over 40 like me, and look, I'm approaching 60 here, and you're either farsighted or nearsighted, you need to call my friend, Mr. Dr. Bellardo. I've known Dr. B for years and years, totally trust him. Check him out to see if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery from the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. Bellardo and his professional team have been the leaders in vision correction now for over 20 years. I know, I was one of the initial patients there. And man, your vision is so important. Got to get it readjusted a little bit later, but you know what? I mean, it was one of the best calls I ever made. You can make that call today at 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or just go to alcok.com. And like they always say there at Advanced Laser Center and Cataract Center, if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. So welcome aboard, Dr. Bellardo. Good to have you. All right, um, 
Before we jump into, uh, I've got a Miguel Chavis cut I want to play here in just a minute, but there's so much good stuff on the text line. I want to get to some of that. T.J. Eckert at 135. Uh, First of all, a serious question. What is the timeline for Jordan Tyson's commitments? That I do not know. I do not figure it's going to be long. Wide receiver Colorado, just in case you don't know, and it looks like, again, he is going to be wearing the crimson and cream. The question is, when will the commitment come, and uh, what would you put that at, 98% at this point? It's a very high percentage, Steely. 90%? (laughs) 80%. 80%. All right. Okay, 80%. So, there you go. Uh, Hey, Steely, what about the old Jockey Strap Saloon? Made many trips there. Got kicked out of there a couple times. Uh, back in the day, there's some other good old OU texts I want to get to real quick uh, about Stubman Village, people with memories of Stubman Village. Did anyone mention Mr. Bills and Stubman Village? Yes, absolutely. We were all over. I said it was legendary. The Rocky Horror Picture Show in the movie theater on the second floor of Stubman required attendance. I saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show there at the, uh, was it called the Satellite Twin? I'm trying to remember what the name of the theater was. I also saw Star Wars. May the 4th be with you. I saw Star Wars there at Stubbin Village. Stop it, Mike. You're making me miss the old days of Oren's and Dinko's now. Oren's Pizza, legendary. Dinko's. You had to get a darling, a Dinko darling. Legendary places. Played Tecmo Bowl in Adams Tower with Stacey King and Tony Martin. There you go, Patrick. There you go. Tecmo Bowl is a great game. Stacy King, great dude. Tony Martin was out of uh, – was Tony Martin a Kansas City guy back in the day, the Billy days? I'm trying to remember. I know David Johnson was. I'd have to go ahead and Google it up. Find out. Basketball portal. What do you know, Parker Thune, basketball portal-wise? Well, the the Sooners are trying for Jalen Tyson, and they're Mm -hmm. trying for Raekwondis Mitchell. Yep. They didn't get Hunter Dickinson. Kansas did. The uh, Michigan transfer. <laughs> oh, did he yeah. finally commit to yes, Kansas? He's a Kansas Jayhawk. I feel like that's how that, that's what that's where everybody knew he was going. Pretty much. Like a guy like that gets in the portal. There are only like two or three plausible destinations for him. Who would you rather rather have, um, Hunter Dickinson or Tanner Groves? <laughs> wow. Let me noodle on that one for okay. a while. Think it over. Come back. Give us your decision a little bit later in the show. 405-651-3439. Chances for defensive tackle Jaden Jackson. Does he want to play with Stone or just teammates? Just teammates. Just teammates. Uh, not really big on Oklahoma in that race as of right now for Jaden Jackson. Uh, Average Joe says, Mike, don't forget Richards. I think I have forgotten Richards. Wait a minute. Brothers? Uh, Are you talking about Stubman Village? Somebody said, hey, the great thing about Stubman Village was uh, foosball tournaments all day and then midnight porn on Saturdays in the theater. I don't remember midnight porn on Saturdays (laughs) in the theater upstairs. Now, the Rocky Rocky Horror Picture Show was very controversial for its time and i remember that played at midnight forever and ever and ever but i didn't know that it was like a theater that peewee herman frequented parker's grinning but he will not 
Emotes. I'm just I'm so lost He's at this not, point. He is. I mean, this, I don't know where to go this, from here. I'm telling you, air traffic control is just all around, and he has no idea where the planes are flying right now. They're going right over his head because he's a youngster. Frisco Sooner says, Mr. Bills always smelled like vomit at where the restrooms were, and if someone spilled a beer on the carpet, it tripled the mm-hmm. smell. Yeah. Satellite Theater Shea says, I thought it was called the Satellite Twin, but it was uh, definitely uh, the Satellite. But I thought it was the Satellite Twin. There were two theaters up there, and that's where I saw Star Wars. Okay, I'm sorry. I got distracted there for a minute. Do we want to go back to the text line? Is that what you were thinking, or...? Sure. You want to hear from Miguel Chavis. Uh, what do you think? Let's hear. I want you to do this. All right, let's hear from Miguel Chavis because the Sooners, what have we talked about? They have options. It's always good to have options, kids. You want options in your life. So if something falls through, doesn't work out, you have another option. Okay? Miguel Chavis talking about all the new options he has on the defensive line and on the defensive side of the ball. So it's fun, man. You know, just we got the right guys in. And uh, the guys that were here before has just been growing exponentially. And uh, it's fun. You know, spring ball is a time of a lot of growth and a lot of strain. Uh, I talked to him about the, the glory being in the fire. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, the new guys are doing great. Um, all of them. You know, whether it's Rondell, um, PJ, Trace, and we got Taylor Wan coming in the summer, and uh, he's he's itching to get here, and so it's good. The group is the group is gelling. They're finding their identity. Yeah, little I, little youth pastor Chavis right there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, glory's in the fire, right? So he's talking mainly, obviously, about the defensive line. That's his group. But I want you to rank the defensive newcomers, whether they're portal guys or guys coming in. You know, the early enrollees in this class. Um, rank those guys in terms of impact they'll have on the defense next season. Are you talking just Miguel Chavis's group or no, overall? T- overall. Let's okay. go overall. Hmm. Number one, I would say Desan McCullough. Okay. I don't think that'll shock anybody. Number two, man, it's... Who does number two work for? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Number two, the the logical portion of my brain wants to say Reggie Pearson. Mm-hmm. The uh, the optimistic portion of my brain wants to say Peyton Bowen. Okay, you got to pick one or the other. I'll go Pearson two, Bowen three. All right. No, I take that back too. I'll push Bowen down one. Rondell Bothroyd at number three. All right. Bowen four, Trace Ford five. PJ six. Uh, Kendall Dolby, seven. Is there anybody else that, like, like how far down the list do I have to go here? I think you pretty Jacob, much got Jacob it Jacob Lacey, eight. All right. Devon Sears, nine. And I'll say Phil Pichotti, ten. There you go. Wait, can I throw in the guys that are going to get here in June? Am sure. I allowed to go there yeah, yet? You can do that if you want okay, to. Okay, sure. let me replace Phil Pichotti with Sammy Omasigo. There you go. All right, yeah, uh, they should be better defensively. The question is, how much better can they be defensively? They're not going to come out and start playing defense like Brent did at Clemson. By the way, I just with the, I just realized that the mature one of this duo is the one that's overrunning the board who is not even 25 years old yet, and the immature one is about to cross the 60 threshold. 
I don't know what kind of commentary that is, but I'm the one who just did the Austin Powers joke in really poor taste. No Josiah Wagner? Wow, how did I forget about Josiah Wagner? The text line's always there. Yeah, Macari Vickers, too. It's like, gosh, now I have to reevaluate my whole list. Well, I ask you to do that off the top of your head, so... But I love the text lines there for a uh, safety net. Like, they know. They're they're tracking what you're saying and what's happening. Josiah Wagner has been – was he the biggest surprise of spring? I would say so. Mm-hmm. And I would say there's not really anybody on the defensive side of the ball, maybe on the entire team overall, that I heard more good things about throughout spring than Josiah Wagner. So, yes. Yes, if I had to – if if I had a few minutes to compile the list and think it through from every angle, I'd probably put Josiah Wagner somewhere in the six to eight range. It's going to be pretty transfer heavy at the top, which is why my knee-jerk reaction was to go with guys like Desan McCullough and Reggie Pearson and Rondell Bothroyd because you cannot place enough emphasis on the value of experience. Mm-hmm and having played a ton of Power 5 snaps, which is what Trace Ford has done, and it's what Rondell Bothroyd has done. Desan McCullough did it last year at Indiana. Reggie Pearson has played a ton at both Wisconsin and Texas Tech. Yeah, those guys have been there and done that, and that's what I like. Uh, with the exception of uh, Sears, I believe, all of the, he was a Texas State guy. Those guys were in Power 5 conferences making plays. And, uh, you know, we're, we're proving guys, not guys that didn't, uh, you know, uh, pan out at a certain university. It doesn't – usually you don't fail up when you're coming to Oklahoma. And I know, look, the Sooners had last year a horrible defensive year. But – uh, I do think they're going to be a lot better. Patrick says, tell everyone to be extra careful in South Edmond. It is a monsoon out here, and there's already been a fatality. Holy cow. If you are in South Edmond, be careful. It is a monsoon out there per Patrick. By the way, one thing we need to get straight, because I, I saw three consecutive texters make this exact mistake, and it's a common one. Josiah Wagner's name is Josiah, not Josiah. It is an A, not an O. Josiah Wagoner, as in covered wagons. Wagoner. Josiah Wagoner. Obviously, everybody will learn this by the time he's starting and playing a ton of snaps at Oklahoma, but I know he's the new guy, and so people are going to mess up his name inevitably. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Josiah Wagoner. Well, by the time he wins the Jim Thorpe Award, they'll have it right, correct? Because clearly he's in line to get that done. 918, uh, Parker, are there any summer recruits you will, that you think will have a chance to push for playing time? Yeah, Samuel Masigo. And that would be uh, – that's the guy that is at the top of my list right now overall. Amongst guys that are getting there in the summer, I would say a close second is Jaquez Petaway. And I do believe Cade McIntyre is going to surprise a lot of folks when he shows up. There you go. All right, break time. Break time right here. Thanks to everybody on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. The Miguel Chavis sound was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central Clinics in Norman, Midwest City, for a long time. And now that Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do an unbelievable job of treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Their Saturday injury clinic during football season is legendary. Thank you to Ortho Central. Break time. Coming right back. More texts on the way here on The Ref.
Hi, welcome back. What a rainy, nasty-looking Thursday it is. Good nap weather, if you like napping. Old people like napping. I might just fall asleep at any minute. You never know. But I have my energy drink here. I, I, I brought in an orange Celsius, sparkling orange. And I remember, this is where I knew that the text line sometimes is just crazy and social media is crazy. So this was, it was before one of the OU football games, and I brought in my energy drink. It was the orange Celsius, just like this one. And I took a picture of the studio because we were promoting, hey, our pregame's coming up here in, you know, 30 minutes. Join us here on the ref. So in the background, people focused in, this was on Twitter, on the, the energy drink for some reason. And the first tweet was like, man, can imagine picking an orange energy drink. And then the second dude was like, I know, right? Unbelievable. And third was like, can't believe that's his favorite flavor. You know, it's like, and that's what it became. People have opinions about everything. They were upset that I had an orange-flavored energy drink, and it went on and on. It was like, oh, gosh, why? That reminded me again of when George Carlin said, not too long ago, but we are circling the drain right now. People think their opinions are gospel about literally everything, They were really bent out of shape that I had an orange energy drink. It's pretty tasty. It's there's no affiliation to Stillwater or Austin or anything like that, but they were they were really bothered by it. Ah, tasty. I mean, I mentioned on the message board the other day that I think Tara Humara's is, as the kids say, mid. Mm-hmm. And people were miffed about that. People like to bitch. <laughs> that's the that should be a bumper no lies that we detected. have out there. People like to bitch. About anything. And you know what? Most of those people that do that much bitching have too much time in their hands. I can hear the stick song right now. Ooh, monster truck guy on the text line says, Hi, Pepsi rep here. Those orange Celsius are a big seller. It usually gets a double row at 7-Eleven. Maybe. See, monster truck guy, it's a solid flavor. But, you know, I guess they saw either, uh, you know, America's Brightest Orange or like a Longhorn logo on the one that I tweeted out. So, yeah, it's crazy. I, I just sometimes you're just like, I cannot believe that people have this much time to be this upset about something so stupid. By the way, Tar Hamara is, is mid-Parker. I will say this. Uh, Shay's dad, may he rest in peace, my uh, father-in-law, Carl, what a character he was out on the golf course. Just a great dude. But he always used to say, well, Mike, we're going to go over to Tara tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we figure we go have lunch over at Tara tomorrow. Man, there are a lot of mid-ratings there. Hey, I love this. I mean, it's not bad. I will say, I, do they advertise? Tara Humaris? Yeah. I don't know. I don't somebody want, somebody in the 918 says, Tara Humaris is mid, Parker, three clapping emojis. And then Julio says, Tara Humaris is, in fact, mid. So they I got a couple people on my side here. pack you in there like a freaking sardine, man. No, no joke. You, you feel like, man, I don't think I have any elbow room in here to even eat my food, you know. 
I mean, it, walking through the rows to get to the restroom is like very just difficult. You've got to turn sideways. Every inch of floor space is put to use there. Maximum tables, maximum profits. Over at Tara Tamara. I tell you, though, in discussing Mexican food with the OUinsider.com membership contingent on the message board, I did bring up that I really, really like Velvet Taco. Mm -hmm. And one of the members jumped into my DMs on OUinsider.com and said, hey, I actually work for Velvet Taco Corporate. Oh, really? I'll hook you up with some free tacos. Oh, see, I know what you did. You were angling for a freebie, weren't you? Listen, I, I had absolutely no idea that I had a Velvet Taco bigwig amongst the contingent at OUinsider.com, but that just goes to show you, man. Now, did you get like one taco or like a year's worth? Well, I don't know. I don't know. We're still working out the compensation package. Tell them, hey, you want to sell some ads with us? I'm down for that, too. I will rep Velvet Taco anytime. I still haven't haven't done that. Been there. It's on Lindsay Street. I know. So I guess I need to get over there. Yeah, you do. Get the queso blanco. You've angered Ronnie Crimson. I don't know if I've angered Ronnie Crimson. He just says Taurus is not mid. No, I Ronnie see. Crimson is a mature enough individual and a loyal enough listener that he understands mm-hmm. we can have disagreements on things, we can have differences of opinion, and we don't have to be at each other's throats about it. <laughs> Next time, Steely, put a Bud Light can in your studio picture. They'll have some fun with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the 918 said, Steely, please sing Freebird. No, no, I, I've got to wait for my next opportunity. You don't have to scat the guitar mm-hmm. solo. I won't make you do that. Freebird, do you consider that lake music? Like, there are different <laughs> levels of lake music. Like, there's grand lake music. Usually, if the, blo- the water is blue and kind of pretty, it's a higher level of music. The music at Lake Thunderbird, you get some Billy Squire. You get the Georgia Satellites, you know. Don't give me no lines and keep your hands to yourself, you know. So I I think there are different levels of lake music. Dirty Bird is going to have a lower class playlist than Grand Lake is. Now, am I being a musical snob? But you know what I'm saying. You're going to get, what are you going to get more of at Grand Lake? You're going to get, and look. You're going to get Billy Squire, maybe. I'm talking about from my day, back uh-huh. in the day. Billy Squire, maybe some Skinner, Georgia Satellites, stuff then, like that. Then You're, the question becomes, what music best accompanies floating tidy whities oh, at the Dirty Bird? The, the Psycho theme, I think, from the Hitchcock movie. <laughs> yeah, from the 404. Next time, Steely, put a Bud Light can on your <laughs> yeah, studio know, picture. Right. They'll have some fun with that. Everything becomes political these days. Well, and that's what's happening with Bud Light sums up what is wrong with society and how we have lost the ability to be civil. If you take it, and I, I, listen, I'm not taking sides here. I'm not going to get into the politics. All I want to highlight is you take a side on one thing, you piss off the other half. You take a side, or you take the opposite side, 
you piss off the half over here. Mm-hmm. And if you try to fall somewhere in the middle, you piss off both sides. You know who's doing this, right? The Russian bots on social media. The Russians have planted bots. I'm halfway serious here. I saw it on an investigative piece on 60 Minutes. The Russians couldn't take America down in the Cold War. The only way they could do it is by splitting the democracy. What seems to be happening right now? The Russian bots are on there creating arguments, fueling arguments. The only way that the Russians figured out is that to be in America, you have to disrupt the democracy. Here you go from the 918. Grand Lake plays Ted Roof in the three-man front. Thunderbird plays Caleb Williams in the shopping carts. <laughs> you know, I should have got Ted Roof in the three-man front to back the Edmund Fitzgerald song. Maybe they can come in. We can do it. We'll do it live next time. Some four-part harmonies. Why not? Ted Roof, man, he would be like the dude who sings. What is the deep? Is it baritone that's the deep? What is the deep? I I mean, baritone, tenor. Yeah. Um, He'd be like alto. Ted Roof would be the guy in Elvira that would be giddy up, boom, up, boom, up, boom, up. That would be Ted Roof. <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, but that's what I'm saying. Okay, uh, break time right here. We got TJ Eckert coming up. The Great Owasso Golf Rumble that happened. I think TJ Eckert has done the investigative journalism on what happened in that incident. I mean, this was WWE. Meets Live Golf. No, I love Freebird. Yeah, I love Freebird. I really like Freebird. And I look, Skinner's good stuff. I'm just kind of, you know, I say things that are sometimes very much tongue-in-cheek. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Skinner fan. Stay with us. <laughs> that is the theme music from the soon-to-be-released... Made-for-TV movie about the Owasso Golf Rumble. 10,000 fists from Disturbed. It was a very disturbing sight. But I first saw this when our man T.J. Eckert tweeted it out, the video. He joins us right now on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. T.J., how we doing? <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't involved in the 10,000 or 1,000 fists. That was going on up there. That was that was insane. Parker has picked out a very good theme for the great Owasso Golf Rumble. Is this going to become a yearly thing? Maybe we should just have uh, cage matches there. Uh, where where was the course, and uh, what do we know about what happened? Yeah, just, get, for those that haven't seen the video, TJ, give us a rundown of what you witnessed. I should go out and retweet it, by the way. I'm going to retweet this uh, video. All right, so okay. hang on. Okay, so, so – it happened at Bailey Ranch, which is up in Owasso, just north of Tulsa. Uh, it's just a public golf course. And I had the video sent to me in a golf group text with some friends that I play with. And uh, basically, it was, didn't have much context, so I didn't give any context. I was like, here's, here's what happened at Bailey Ranch on Monday morning. And, and then it just kind of blew up. And so I had multiple people send me what happened. One of them, one of the, one of the angles I got was from the people that were in the house where the dads came out for the fight. The other angle was from the golf course who heard from the people on the golf course who were doing the fighting. So long story short, it is a bunch of golfers that were what it sounds like telling a group of kids coming from a house on the course to get off the course and go back in the backyard. They were running around causing a scene on the golf course. 
the house members didn't care for that, and one of the moms started yelling back at the golfers, don't talk to my kids that way. I'm going to have the dads come out and, you know, fight in as many nice words. That, that was not exactly what she said. The dads come out, and it turns out the golfers on the golf course were former MMA fighters. And so they, they, they as you can see in the video, lay a whooping on the, the dads that came out of the house. You can watch that video, Steely, 10, 15, 20 times and see something different every time. Yeah, I just retweeted the video, uh, quote tweeted it. You can see it. Uh, Parker may retweet it also if he has time. But uh, it is, uh, it's, I don't know, you can't take your eyes off it. You're like, wow, man. It looks, well, it looks like Tulsa. It looks like the greasers and the socias from the outsiders <laughs> going at it right there. And what's crazy is, you know, people are always game for a good fight video. There's so many fight accounts. Twitter's out there, but so on Twitter and Facebook, I haven't looked today, but yesterday someone told me they looked, and I went ahead and checked. There was like 1.5 million views on Twitter and around a million on Facebook. I mean, it's crazy. People will just watch fights all day long. They love it. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it really, it does look really violent with some of the uh, punches. Yeah. So, the, wait a minute. So, the guys on the course were all ex-MMA fighters? Yeah, so what what I've been told is, is there, there's at least two to three of the golfers. What it looks like, Steely, is the scramble. It looks like cause it looks like there was like an event going on because those golfers yeah. that took the video are coming back up to the clubhouse and have to stop to watch the fight. So it looks like there's probably a foursome, and I, I've been told at least two to three of them are former MMA fighters. You can tell which ones they are, the ones who are laying the good punches or the guy grappling on the ground. It's those guys. Those are the MMA fighters. As a general rule... Right? Anybody with cauliflower ear, not somebody you're messing with. No, absolutely not. Gotta be smarter than this. Uh, I mean, it is, uh, it's like, do we know, have there been any charges filed in this deal? Or what do we know? Anything on that? Haven't seen any charges filed. Um, Haven't seen anything like a statement from the golf course. Honestly, I've only heard one name and i'm not i haven't been able to confirm it and I, so i won't just like start spewing names out there of the guys who were in the fight uh but I've, I've only been given very little details on who was involved um i had golf digest reach out who wanted they wanted some information fox news wanted to run the video and so it's it's crazy i mean people again people just love these these golf fights and it looks like again not confirmed but it looks like nobody has any serious injuries which is good too per the text line TJ, one of our listeners from up in green country says, thinking those dudes need to be hired by Owasso football to toughen their players. <laughs> Big speed, 69 to six. <laughs> we got go. the, uh, it's the, it's the battle of the burbs, the opening game of the season. They would, they would benefit maybe from having a little MMA street fighting on that roster. <laughs> Who are you for, for in the, uh, you've seen the outsiders, right? I mean, if you're from Tulsa, you have to have seen the outsiders once at least, right? Oh, yeah. We read the book in elementary school, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Were you for the greasers or the socias? You know, I, I like to think of myself as, a, as a, a, not a rough and rowdy type guy, but a guy who sides with the, you know, the, the, the underdog. Yeah. So I think I'd be a greaser. I mean, you wanted, to, you wanted the greasers to win. Yeah. I mean, definitely. So, yeah, in Tulsa, what is the modern-day equivalent of the greasers and the socias? <laughs> it's, a, it's apparently past MMA fighters versus rich golf dads. <laughs> that's, that's apparently where we're at right now. I can hear Tom Cruise, ain't going to start a rumble without me. <laughs> so that, you know, it really looks like the dads, were they older people? Because it looks 
from, again, I'm looking on a phone here. I need to see a bigger monitor, but it looks like old people coming, getting cranky, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, they're on the, they're on the, they're on the first tee, you know, half, halfway, you know, maybe knocked out or definitely at least very dizzy because some of those yeah, shots were like, holy cow. Yeah, it looks like they're all probably, you know, and, and by older, I would, I would imagine they're probably in maybe their 40s, maybe some of their late 30s. They're not like they're not like 60, 70 year old men or anything like that. They look like they're all, you know, again, 30s, late 30s, 40s, maybe early 50s. Uh, and then the, the MMA fighters look like they've been retired for a little bit. So, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like uh, to pull a lo- local guy. It's not like Kyle Crutchmer. Who went to Oklahoma State and wrestled? Not like it's not like he is out there throwing punches. And he's like in his late twenties. This looks like some guys who have been out for a little bit. Okay, tangentially relevant question here, TJ. You put all the Big Twelve head coaches in a cage match against one another. Who's coming out on top, and who's going to be the first one KO'd? <laughs> pick a winner, pick a loser. Man, I'm I'm going to have to rack my brain here. You know, I think uh, I I just don't think I want to ever mess with Chris Kleiman. I'm not sure what his his endurance is like, but the dude just coaches tough, gritty teams. So like, that's not some Matt Campbell, another one that I wouldn't want to mess with. Mike Gundy always seems like he'd be scary. You had Brent Venables in there now. The easy answer would have been a few years ago when when Riley was still here. I feel like he's he's pretty soft. I feel like that would have been an easy. <laughs> An easy one to throw out there, but I'm trying to think of who would be the first one to lose. Like that's a, that's a great Sonny Dykes. Is that a good one? Sonny Dykes looks very angry. You know, you should be scared of the quiet guy, Dave Aranda. He's oh. he's half cyborg. I'm convinced he's probably got some <laughs> robot extension that will pop out of his chest and just like start delivering punches. Who uh, is the uh, is the BYU coach still the the? Uh, whatever Samoan. island descent, yeah, yeah, Samoan. There you go. Is it still him? Uh, Kalani Sataki, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. Okay, so I wouldn't want to mess with him. Um, Gus Malzon, there's one that would probably be knocked out pretty quick. Well, you just go for the glasses. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you want a piece of me, four eyes? <laughs> it used to be an insult back in the day. All right, four eyes. We'll see you at lunchtime. <laughs> okay, uh, so we have broken down. I don't think, you know, we've gone this, thus far without really asking a serious sports question, so we can't throw <laughs> one in now. We cannot throw okay. one in now. Fair. But <laughs> do you think what would be great if Muleshoe was involved in that rumble is since Clark Stroud never leaves his side, he would have tried to jump <laughs> in and just gotten pulverized. Well, Nacho Libre, a skeleton uh, tag team going on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, it has to be a tag team fight for those two to get in. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it solo. It has to be a package deal. Oh man, that's oh, too good. good. Too good. This, this, ladies and gentlemen, can we submit this? What is the address to submit? <laughs> yes, this is award-winning radio segments right here. to the OAB. I want is it submit OAB awardwinning.com. I don't know, Steely. You just about locked up this year's prize with your rendition of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald on Tuesday. Oh, so. I heard about that, but I didn't actually get to listen. Is it anywhere? I, is it podcasted? Uh, it's go to the KREF Twitter page. You'll find a uh, a one-minute snippet of it if you scroll oh. down far enough. I look forward to that. It was Tuesday's show. Yes, I... I thought it was pretty well done, all things considered. We actually held a uh, ref version of American mm-hmm. Idol later on that day nice. and determined that Steely outpaced Teddy Lehman and James Hale for the I crown. don't know. I thought Teddy's rendition was kind of underrated, actually. I thought he was more in key than I was. Did uh, did Chris Plank sing? 
We have not heard Plank sing, I don't think. Steely, it, I feel like he'd be a pretty performer. Steely was a little off key, yeah. but there was there was a lot of passion involved. You, you can know, tell he was into it. I see. I mistakenly, the mistake that I made is Gordon Lightfoot passed away. So I told the story that I did this wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which is six and a half minutes long, as a karaoke tune, as a joke, one night a long time ago, and this was in a bar where a lot of people were really celebrating. And they booed during, like, the last four minutes of my rendition. And I just went full on Andy Kaufman and looked straight ahead and kept singing. So then everybody, Steely, do it again. And it became, all right, I'll do it for so many retweets with Parker tweeted it out there. And then they they came through. So I had to do it. I had to do it. But All right. Well, did you... I, I saw I saw Parker's tweet, so I, and I and I guess I missed the uh, the blurb that was put out. So I'll be sure to go back and listen and give my thoughts. Okay. Did you see how expertly that TJ dodged the question or didn't answer the question of who are the greasers and the outsiders in Tulsa right now? Because he knew he didn't want to alienate any viewers at all. So he very expertly just went straight by that. That is a yeah. pro right there. Wait, wait. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't want to – I have – there's lots of loyal listeners, perhaps, that are going to tune in. And if I if I list out, like, street coordinates of where I think the Greasers and Socias live, that group's not going to – they're going to watch Channel 6 or something. There so you go. I, yeah. can't, I can't lose them. That's true. Smart guy. Very smart. TJ, we appreciate it. Good stuff. Well, Thank uh, you. Next week, Steely, we'll talk about Live Golf. How about that? Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. That's live good. Golf will be in Tulsa next week. All right. Got a break right here. We just did a segment on the great Owasso Golf Rumble. I mean, and you came into that very impressively with that. That was not fist. What was it? 50 fists flying? 500 fists flying? <laughs> 10,000 10, fists? 10,000 fists flying. I mean, there were some people who got knocked up out in that video. It was... Somebody pointed out there was somebody already knocked out when the video started. (laughs) Somebody was already on the ground as the video started. All right, we got a break right here, ladies and gentlemen. And again, OAB, if you're listening, yes, we will be sending the the entire show today. What's that? Okay. OAB.awards.2023. Okay, thank you. We'll be right back. So on the heels of the uh, great Owasso Golf Rumble bumper, we come back with the first Christian rock song. I don't know if any of those people in that golf course rumble are going to see the spirit in the sky. Because that was behavior straight out of the devil's playbook what it was okay we are back ladies and gentlemen today we have focused on hardcore hard-hitting world-class deep diving journalism perhaps a murrow award maybe a peabody maybe a marconi definitely one from the oab it's all happening with this show today we started out with the uh, sooners as uh, star wars characters worked our way to the uh, great owasso golf rumble and in between, there was other brilliance. Great show. I mean, does it get any better than this? I don't think so. A lot of variety today. No. If nothing else. Hey, what's up in the portal, man? I haven't heard what's going on with Jordan Tyson. That 
we've covered that. We have. And yes, between our brief detour into the land of Star Wars and, of course, our wonderful discussion with T.J. Eckert about the Great Owasso Golf Rumble of 2023, we did talk a lot of Sooner football and recruiting and the portal. And it definitely looks right now as though the Sooners are in the driver's seat to land Jordan Tyson, and that's a decision that could be coming down pretty soon. So Oklahoma potentially on the verge of adding another wide receiver to what is already a pretty deep room. Now, I want to make the distinction. Deep does not necessarily equal elite, and there is talent in that Oklahoma receiver room, but I think the reason why you see Emmett Jones and this Sooner staff continuing to go back to the well for more and more receivers is because you just don't have a lot that is proven on an individual level from many of those guys beyond Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops. Those are the two guys that have kind of earned their stripes to this point. Everybody else, to one degree or another, is just cutting teeth. Okay, and uh, what about two other names? Uh, Trey Amos, the cornerback from Louisiana Lafayette. Very impressive offers. Oklahoma, chances there. And what's the latest with Troy Everett, uh, the offensive lineman from Appalachian State? Troy Everett, that one's coming down to Oklahoma and Virginia Tech, and it's been a tussle. It has been an all-out war between those two programs down the stretch for Appalachian State center Troy Everett. So – Not a sure thing that Oklahoma gets him. Not a sure thing that Virginia Tech gets him either. But I will say when we came on the air about 24 hours ago, that was right about when things were starting to turn in Oklahoma's favor for Troy Everett after Virginia Tech had led the race for quite a while previously. So the trend is in OU's favor there. That does not mean the decision ultimately goes in OU's favor. But things have definitely swung in OU's direction over the last 24, 36 hours. Now, with Trey Amos, uh, still kind of too early to tell for me right now where he ends up or whether Oklahoma makes a big play for him. There you go. By the way, I'm being told now that the uh, Golf Channel has picked up the rights to the uh, Great Owasso Golf Massacre. It will be a made-for-TV Oh, it's a massacre now. Yes, it's a massacre now. I think if you look at the video, it's not a rumble. It is a massacre. Don't you think? It was pretty one-sided. I couldn't tell who was on whose side. It just looked like a bunch of people throwing hands. Yes, but it looks like if one side is made up of former MMA fighters and the the other is made up of, like, dads. The MMA fighters are going to beat the randos. Yes. Any day of the week and twice on Sunday. This much is evident. Again, you text line. There you go. Wife spouts off and the husband gets her ass whipped. Get his ass whipped. I'm sorry. Oh, Everett beat out Rame, asks one listener. Well, if Troy Everett ends up at Oklahoma, I think there's there's definitely a chance. I'll say that much. And Rame has played guard in the past. Keep that in mind. Rame is not just a center. He has played plenty of guard. So th- there has been a thought circuit, or rather a uh, an opinion circulated amongst the fan base that. Oklahoma's got issues if McCade Mattire is still starting at guard this fall. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you think about Troy Everett being your starting center and Andrew Rame sliding over to the to guard? Would that assuage some of your worries? Because that would be on the table. There's your Parker Thune. 
Word of the day, assuage, ladies and gentlemen. Very impressive. Very, very nice. Stop using them big words, Thune. Somebody's going to put that on the text line. It's impressive. I There's nothing wrong with having a, an extensive vocabulary. It's pretty good. All right, tomorrow I'll be at Riverwind. Don't forget the 15K Festive Friday. Random hot seat drawings are happening Friday night, tomorrow night, 7 to 11.30 with the preliminary rounds and then grand prize winners just before midnight. They are giving away a bunch of cash, a bunch of cash, and you can win in those random hot seat drawings. Let's get locked in up next. Have a great Thursday.